Spirit of a Champion presents Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams. Welcome to another Encouraging Moment. Hi, I'm Bobby Williams, and I'm so glad you joined me today. I want to talk to you today about the message, God's Judgment, the Handwriting on the Wall. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I would hear them from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Well, I hope that's exactly what we do. Repent from our sin and pray that God will heal our land. I hope you're having a good day today. This is a very special message. This is a very important message, a timely message for today. You know, we have taken God out of our schools from our stands at sporting events prayer out of our children's lunch areas, the Ten Commandments off the wall. Thou shalt not lie. Thou shalt not take the Lord's name in vain. There's so many great things in the Ten Commandments. And of course, we've wanted God when things have gone wrong in America and when things go in our lives. But then we shun the Bible and we shun Christianity and we shun the things of God when we are prideful. You know, since COVID-19 came, we've had shutdowns of concerts and sporting events and graduations and proms. We've been forced to shut down school, and it's been so hard on children and all the people surrounding on the teachers and everything that we're looking forward to a great year of sporting events and just having that year to celebrate, especially graduation and proms and different things that you do. You know, prices are going up. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Gas prices are up. Housing prices are up. Food prices are up. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world. Well, this is what this whole message is about. God is a God of love, but he's a God of judgment. And we're going to be looking into this part of the Bible, Daniel 5. If you'll get your Bible up and get ready, because this is going to be an exciting lesson, because it's very timely for our time right now. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I know, Father, that you gave us this lesson so that we could use wisdom and love and understanding during this time in America and this time in our lives. Father, anything that I say from my heart and my lips, let it be edifying to you, glorifying to you, but encouraging and inspirational to the audience, and give them hope, Lord, in Jesus' name. Well, like I said, this is some crazy times we live in. The good news is that God is the answer and has a better plan for our country and our individual lives and our families' lives. But the real question is today, will we turn back to God wholeheartedly? Daniel 5 is where we're going to read today, and it's about a king that did not follow the Lord. Now, his father, who was king before him, followed God, believed in the God of Daniel, and because of that, the Babylonian empire was huge and giant, and God blessed that empire. And we're going to see how the lives of two people, one following God and one not following God, and how it affects their lives, their individual lives. I want to give you a little bit of background about this. Almost 70 years have passed since Daniel and the other Jewish teenagers arrived from Jerusalem. You know, uh, the Babylonians conquered Israel. And when they did, they took captive the people, and especially Daniel and his two friends, and they were put in the leadership position next to the king. Daniel is now over 80 years old. King Nebuchadnezzar has been dead for 24 years. His son, Belshazzar, sits on the throne of the shrinking Babylonian empire that is centered in the great city of Babylon. 
And so this great city with two walls around it, it's got two walls around it. It's never been conquered. And the people in there are so prideful because they have 20 years of food stored up. So they can stand against any army because they have two walls that encompass the city, around the city, 17 miles. They have 100 towers with men around the city, and they have 20 years of food, and they have fresh water going through a river that goes through the middle of the city. And no ship can come through that water because the city was built so low to the ground that no ship can enter from that water. So it was really a city that had never been conquered. So let's read in the Bible, in Daniel 8, this is an amazing story of Daniel and how God uses his judgment to come against this city and their lifestyles. Chapter 5 of Daniel. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking the wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem, so the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold, of silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. These were idol gods. They were not true gods, just like today. The only true God is the God of the Bible, and all other gods are false gods. And that's what the Bible says, and we believe it to be the truth of God, the inspired Word of God, and we stand on it. Verse 5, Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the enchanters and astrologers and diviners. Then he said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and given a chain placed to be around their neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. This king was having this giant party, and the Bible says that it was not just a party. It was a party of probably sensual orgies. It was against God. It, they were thumbing their nose at God. They were saying, we don't like God. We don't like anything. We're prideful. One of my biggest points in this lesson is pride. The Bible says in Proverbs, pride comes just before the fall. And this king was full of pride. And in fact, when he took those goblets, you know, those goblets had been taken from the temple of God, the Holy of Holies. It was the temple of Israel where the presence of God came in the temple. And those goblets had been sanctified. They had been used in the temple ceremonies unto the God of the Bible, the maker of everything that we see, the creator of man. And because they did this awful, terrible thing, and they drank in a terrible party, and they were against God, and they were prideful, and they hated the Lord, they hated the Bible, they didn't follow the Old Testament, they didn't follow the God of the Bible, they said, let's drink and be merry. And it doesn't matter if people are doing terrible things. It doesn't matter if people are calling good evil and evil good. It doesn't matter what's going on. Let's just drink and be merry. And so this is what they did. And the Bible says that as they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. By the way, 
These do not speak, nor do they hear. They are not gods. They are creations of the Creator. I'm telling you, friends, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man or a woman will sow, so he will reap. Listen to what the Bible says in the Ten Commandments in verse 4. It says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. And so these people hated him. So they were not only drinking from the consecrated goblets from the Holy of Holies, but they were praising and worshiping gods of gold and silver and bronze and iron and wood and stone. That is against God. Let's go down a little bit further, because if you look at verse 7, this is how the king's mind was depraved, and he wasn't following God at all. The king summoned the enchanters, the astrologers, and the diviners. These people are not of God. The enchanters, the diviners, the astrologers, and they were not wise at all. In fact, none of them could tell the king what the writing meant. But then let's listen to this great story in verse 10, what it says. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. And this is a very big point. If you're a God man or a God woman, this should give you great hope. Because in the Bible, any lost person who actually put their servant, who may have been a servant of God, in charge of their affairs, their affairs always blossomed, they always appreciated, they always multiplied. One example of that is in Joseph, the story of Joseph, where he was sold into slavery, but yet because he was a God man, he had the favor of God. Potiphar, a lost man who was an Egyptian, bought him as a slave. He bought Joseph as a slave, but he saw God in him. So he put him in his leadership position in charge of his whole house. And the Bible says that God gave Joseph favor. And because he did, that household flourished. Now, this king, King Belshazzar, he was not smart. He was trying to run his own life. Proverbs says, there is a way in which a man thinks is right, but it leads unto death, and this is exactly the way the man was doing. And he knew all these things that his dad had done, but he had put Daniel out to pasture. He wasn't even thinking of God when he was making decisions for his kingdom or his people. But the queen, his wife, was saying, Honey, there is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. Man, I just, I hope people can say that about me and you as we walk in humbleness and contrite heart and love others and love people and try to be a blessing to people, that people will see God. They'll see Jesus Christ in our life. 
When there are no answers in your family, they will call you. The people that are without hope, because you have hope, they will call you. And that's what they're doing here. Daniel was brought before the king. They hadn't even thought about him. They put him out to pasture. They said he's too old. Daniel had been in such great service over the years to this boy's father, the king. And yet the son didn't even want to talk to him until tragedy struck. And when tragedy struck, then he wanted to talk to him. So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father, the king brought from Judah? I'd heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have inside intelligence and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. He's asking Daniel, who he ignored, and Daniel knows that he doesn't love God. The king says, listen, if you'll do this for me, I'm going to give you a purple robe. I'm going to make you third in the kingdom. I'm going to give you gold chains. Daniel says to him in this verse, in Daniel 5, in verse 17, Then Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. Your majesty, the most high God, gave your father, Nebuchadnezzar, sovereignty and greatness and glory and splendor. Because of his high position, he gave him all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared your father. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those who wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride... This is something that his father had to go through. Many of us have to go through a time where God decides, hey, you need a correction in your life. And so his father, the king's father, had to be corrected in the middle of his kingdom because he wasn't following God like he should have, and God was giving him a chance to get straight. So he drove him away from the people and and gave his mind uh, of an animal. He actually turned the dad into... Uh, kind of an insane person eating grass, and he wouldn't even sit on the throne. He did all kinds of crazy things. And it says, uh, he lived with the wild donkeys, and he ate grass like the ox, and his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until, listen to this, until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and sets over them anyone he wishes. Finally, this man's father, the king, turned back to God and said, I know who you are now, God. I'm ready to get humble. And guess what God did for the father? He put him back in his high position because as soon as he said, I know you're the maker of heaven and of earth, I acknowledge it, and I'm going to follow you, he put his father back into place. He says, When he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign all kingdoms of the earth and sets over them anyone he wishes, he set him back on his throne. And when this happened, the son was watching all of these things. The son knew what Daniel was speaking of was truth. And that's what happens in the middle of tragedy, in the middle of problems. There is a truth. Now, many people today try to change the truth into the narration that they want to have the narration to be. But I'm saying to you, God clearly showed this king, King Belshazzar, he told him through Daniel 
listen, you missed the mark. Your father was a godly man who had to go through some tough times and trials to get him to turn to God, but he did it, and he walked with God, and his kingdom was great. But listen to what Daniel finally tells him here. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your concubines and your wives and your family drank out of these. And not only did you drink out of them, but while you were drinking out of them, you praised the gods of silver and of gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. <laughs> Listen, if you're going through a tough time right now, you take it to God himself. You humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. First Peter says, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, and in due time, he will exalt thee. You do not have to be afraid of the situation. You do not have to be terrorized. You take your problems to God. Don't take it to a, someone who reads cards or someone that looks into a crystal ball. That's what this man did, and he paid a dear price. You're about to see what happens to him here. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hands your life and all your ways. Therefore, he sent the hand that wrote this inscription. Now, the party was going on, but when this hand went against the wall, the party stopped, and silence was in that room. As they saw this hand, just a hand, not an arm, just a hand writing, this human hand writing on the wall. And you've heard the statement, I can see the handwriting on the wall. Many people have come to me over the years over a situation of business that's not doing good or a family that's not living for God, and they'll say, you know, you can see the handwriting on the wall on this situation. That's where this statement came from out of the Bible, out of Daniel chapter 5. Read it over and over this week. It'll be a blessing to you because it shows God's love in his judgment because what he does is he loves those who love him and he blesses those to his best blessing, to the top blessing when you really truly follow him. Now, I know that he was kind to this king for a while. Remember, this king had been king for 24 years, the son. I read that to you in the beginning, that the son probably had chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. But when God finally knew that this king was not going to turn his wicked ways, and when he worshipped the things of silver and stone and not the true God, the God of the Bible, and when he drank out of the goblets, which were so holy unto God and consecrated unto the holy holies, the temple of God. And he thumbed his nose up at God, and he became very prideful and hateful towards God. God said, the handwriting is on the wall. Listen to what it says. God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. So his kingdom was going to end. That's what Daniel told him. You have been weighed in the scales and found wanting. God weighs us in the scales. He weighs what we do. He weighs our heart out on the scales. And if we tip those scales too far into the bad, into the evil, and do not follow God, then this is what happens. He says, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of Babylonian, was slain and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age 
of 62. Wow! This is such an important lesson for today's time. America, will we turn back? Individuals, families, turn back to the Bible. Turn back to God. Make God your first love. Make God just as important as a football game or money or things. Don't worship idols over God. Don't go to people that have no wisdom. Follow Christ. Follow the Bible. Read the Bible. There's three things I want to tell you out of this lesson. Worship the one true God. Pray to the one true God. And read the Bible from the one true God. And like Belshazzar's father, you will be blessed with everything that God wants you to have, the best of the best, the honey and the wheat. The most excellent things in life will come your way. But if you're like the son, the king, who didn't listen to God, took the way of the world, and he was destroyed by God. God is a God of love, and he's God of judgment. We're in a crossroads right now, all of us. What are you going to do? You're going to be positive and fall into the arms of Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need to be saved. I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm asking, Lord, you'd take me as I am and you'd be my Lord and Savior in my life. You'd come into my heart and live in my heart, Lord. And if you've said this prayer and you believe that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, then you are saved in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible is clear in Matthew 6. Seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, and all these things will be brought unto you. All the things that you're worried about will be brought unto you if you seek God, seek Christ and his righteousness, and all these things will be brought unto you. Well, I'm so glad we had this time together. I love you in the Lord so much. This is a powerful lesson Let me pray for you. I wanted to tell you before I start this prayer, you can go to encouragingmoments.com and get all of our free resources. Subscribe to our newsletter because we are starting to send out an encouraging moment every single day. You'll get one in your mailbox, your email, and you will absolutely love it. We've worked really hard on these so that they are encouraging to and inspiring to you. Remember this podcast to tell your friends about it. Love you in the Lord. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, my brother or sister in Christ, I just pray, Lord, that the presence of God will fall on them, and they will be strengthened today. They will not live in fear, but they'll be in faith. They'll not live in worry and doubt, but they'll have hope in their life. And as they dedicate themselves to worship, to pray, and to read the Bible, Lord, you will bless them so much that their cup will overflow in Jesus' name. Until next time, be encouraged. Thank you for listening to Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams. For more Encouraging Moments, go to spiritofachampion.com or join us on Facebook at Encouraging Moments with Bobby Williams.